Since starting this podcast, the number one question Ryan and I get asked is how and why we keep our nutrition so clean. It's January, the time of year when everybody's set their resolutions and are at the gym and working out, detoxing, trying to lose weight, and changing a lot of poor lifestyle habits. Instead of detoxing, we decided that we want to do our gut restoration program. But we thought we would share some of our personal history with nutrition, health, and why we chose this program, as well as why we choose to eat clean and healthy most of the time. And how even when you think you are the healthiest, you may not be. It's really a podcast about listening to your body, about getting information, and then using that information to improve your quality of life. And if you listen to episode number four with Dr. Jillian Tita, it's from her book, Natural Solutions for Digestive Health. If you want to get this guide, you can. It's on our website at huntharvesthealth.com slash gut restoration 2017. In this guide, you'll get step-by-step plans for how to do this gut restoration program on your own. Also, make sure to sign up on our Facebook page as we will giving, be giving three copies of Natural Solutions for Digestive Health away to Facebook likes. Thanks and enjoy this podcast. All right, folks, welcome to the Hunt Harvest Health podcast. This is episode seven. And today, what we thought we would talk about, um, you know, we've been doing this podcast here for a couple of weeks and started to get a lot of really, really good feedback from folks and, you know, what, what people are interested in. And, um, you know, we're, we're constantly getting messages about, you know, what people would like to hear or this or that. So, um, surprisingly, it's not a whole lot of hunting questions per se yet. I better do more of my part and make sure that, uh, we get more guys asking hunting questions, but what uh what we're getting asked a lot of is is nutrition uh we're getting folks ask about you know plans and programs and you know what could they do and this and that so today i thought we'd just talk about <clears throat> our stories as far as what we're going to be doing here in the next month we've got a little program that we're doing um it's kind of a a gut restoration program that uh We've got different steps that we're going to take and different foods that we're going to be eliminating and taking in. And, and, um, basically it's, it's all going to be about our digestive health. So we're going to go over that today and kind of uh, explain why we've come to the point that we have that we're going to be doing this program. All right. So Hill, how about you get started? Sure. I think that people like the personal stories. We've gotten a lot of feedback on that. Yeah, we're gonna, I, we're gonna go over a little bit of our <clears throat> our background and and when we were healthy, when we're not feeling healthy, and kind of why we've taken the approach that we have as far as food uh, intake, what kind of food, this this and that. So that's kind of what this podcast podcast and why is our lifestyle is the way it is. Why we've created the lifestyle that we're sharing with you on Hunt Harvest Health and Stealthy Hunter. Okay, my story is I was actually as a young child, pretty fortunate and sort of like Ryan, our parents were kind of the same. My parents ate fairly healthy when I was a kid and we had grew a garden. I remember always growing a garden in the summer and my parents didn't eat, uh, they didn't eat red meat back then. I remember not, no beef. Um, my dad didn't hunt, so we didn't have hunting in our life back then. And But we ate, 
I would say pretty healthy up until the age of 12. Um, and then my parents uh, separated and <clears throat> I, my, my, my mom was a single mom sort of and worked a lot. And so she wasn't home cooking all the time and things just changed um, in our life. And I noticed there's a lot more sugars in the diet. My lunches weren't as controlled, that kind of thing. And we also had a lot of stress. I would say that was probably the biggest factor when I was a teenager. So the other factor was that some of you may relate to this is I had chronic ear problems as a child. I had tubes in my ears, etc. And I probably took a lot of antibiotics as a child. Well, when I was a teenager, I got an infection and I had to take two rounds of pretty strong antibiotics. And after I did that, I think I was about 16, I just started having so many problems related to energy. I I didn't relate, of course, this is in the uh, 80s, I'm dating myself here, but I didn't, we didn't really relate it back then to, oh, you had taken these antibiotics and it wore your gut out. Uh, but I just started having a lot of fatigue. I was having digestive problems for sure. Um, seemed like everything I ate was giving me a reaction. Either I was having heart palpitations, uh, I was having back pain, and I did suffer for a lot of my life with chronic headaches. And that's kind of another reason that I was always searching health-wise, and the profession that I do now helped with that. But So anyways, I was like 17, and I was pretty sick. I was not feeling very good. I was going to doctor after doctor, and they were literally just giving me more medications. So then I had somebody tell me, I grew up in Bozeman, Montana, and at that time we had like one naturopathic doctor. And literally her name was Willow, and her kids' names were like Rainbow and Star. <laughs> go figure. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone was like, oh, you're going to go see her, you know. So I go there, and she did a test on me called live blood cell analysis. And I know that today because I'm a physician, so I know what she did. Back then I didn't know what it was. It was like she took my blood, she stuck it on her slide, and looked under a microscope, put it on the TV, and showed it to me. And she said, oh, you see all these little things in your blood here? This is, you don't want these. These are like a candida, is what she told me. I was like, what? She said, this is why you're so sick. This is why you're so fatigued. This is why you're having all these pain and et cetera, et cetera. And you need to change your lifestyle. You need to stop eating basically everything good. Uh, you're going to live on vegetables and meat for months and months. You're going to take all these supplements uh, and you're going to basically do it or you're going to be sick for many, many years. At that point, I was desperate and I did what she told me and I actually got better. Within a couple weeks, I started feeling better. I started having less fatigue. So that was really where my interest in nutrition started. I, uh, I followed that program on and off for a number of years. I'll say I did have a problem. I mean, I worked in college at like a sandwich shop and an ice cream shop and ice cream was not on my diet. Brownies were not on my diet. Bread was not on my diet. Uh, alcohol was not on my diet. So you can imagine me in, in college, I'm working at a sandwich ice cream shop, you know, and, and the ski hill. I worked at the ski hill at the bar. So it was kind of hard to avoid that. But I got better. Um, I still continued to have headaches and stuff, but then I moved to Seattle and on and on and on. Um, so my, you know, my health was really challenged at a young age. Uh, and then kind of flash forward to mid-90s, I met Ryan in Alaska. And I would say at that point, I was kind of a food Nazi. 
right yeah, the now. The food you were eating was not the food I was eating at that point. I was no. eating what I thought was healthy, but uh, you were a few steps beyond what I was doing. Well, I remember showing up to Alaska and we we basically had to eat what they prepared us. It was it was a just standard American diet. It was pretty good. I mean, we had a good chef and it was flavorful. There's a lot of garlic because there were so many mosquitoes. The cooks would put so much garlic in there that I remember like the first week you could not stand the smell of people. And then after a while you couldn't smell it because everybody was full of garlic. But um, I kind of remember thinking, oh, God, this isn't going to be good for me. You know, the diet situation. But I was much more diligent about my diet because I didn't feel good. And when I strayed, I knew it. I... Uh, when I took antibiotics, when I did anything um, off kilter like that, even small things like drinking alcohol, which, I mean, I worked in Pioneer Square of Seattle during the early 90s. So Nirvana, Pearl Jam, I worked in a restaurant where we, you know, I worked in a bar down there. That was the place to be in the 90s was Seattle. <laughs> and so I won't say I didn't, you know, abuse my body some, but I was always very aware of it. Ryan, when I met him, he was pretty, well, he was young. You know, we were in our early 20s, but he was really healthy. He never complained of digestive issues to me. He always had abundant energy. He actually seemed like he could literally sleep two hours and wake up rested, and then he'd go work like a 16-hour day. I what sleep was one of my big nemesis. If I didn't get sleep, things just did not work for me. And Ryan was, he was unbelievable. Not only that, he could just work these crazy long hours, day after day, week after week. And he just seemed so um, even keel. So maybe that's where you should come in, babe, kind of talk about yourself. Like even keel. <clears throat> I'm well, still pretty even keel, but he's even keel, but he was, he was just, he was pretty healthy. He, you know, he, uh, yeah, I think, uh, growing up same way. I, I was not, I wasn't like a junk food addict and, and all that. I mean, I didn't eat great, but I didn't eat bad. And, um, you know, kind of, uh, kind of my story, I guess is, is I was, like I say, I didn't have any issues growing up. I didn't, didn't have to go to the doctors very often. Um, but, you know, it seemed like back then when you did go to the doctors, if you weren't really aware of it, it was always just, you know, a dose of antibiotics. So, um, you know, I think that's pretty relatable to most folks. I think everybody in today's world has, has had their fair share of antibiotics run through their guts. So, um, you know, I got, shoot, I got into my 30s probably before I started feeling it. And, you know, I've... As a hunter, um, I've I've just figured that you know that was the point where I was gonna I was gonna start feeling these aches and pains from abusing my body. You know, um, I my dad, my uncle, they were always telling me, "Oh, wait till you're 30." You know, when we when we were younger, it was like, "Oh, wait till you're 30. You're not gonna be hiking those hills like you are now." And we got to you know we're 30 and we we're still pretty much doing it. And, and you know, then it switched to 40s. Like, "Oh, I'll wait till you're 40." Well, um, you know, I, I felt great, but you know, I thought started to, started to kind of come to a head in my thirties. Um, just figured out, shoot, I overdid it. Cause you know, hunting the backcountry and just hunting in general, um, it's super demanding. It's extremely demanding. Uh, it's a pretty rigorous physical activity if you do it right, I guess. Um, taxes the body in every way, uh, kind of 
kind of how our hunts have always been since my teens is it's you're hiking into a hiking into an area you know uh putting a lot of miles on your legs and usually especially back then we were overweighted with gear uh nowadays the gear is much better but um you know luckily we're older but yeah overweighted with gear uh you know you hike in with this heavy loaded pack seemed like back then it was 50 60 pounds whereas now it's more like 40 and uh you know you're gaining elevation you're you're starting out in elevation um all these things that can kind of take their toll um on your body but in the 20s in my 20s and teens you know i just thought i was invincible nothing was hurting me um this didn't feel no pain and then you know um i think over time uh doing that so many years it it kind of not figured just figured it was catching up to me um you know sleep deprivation is huge when you're when you're hunting during hunting season it's and it's depending on the time of the year um you know you're, you're always up an hour or two before light you know if you're if you're going to be hiking to a vantage and and you're you know a few miles away you got to get up pretty darn early um get your coffee in you and, and your food and start hiking um and you're always basically how we do it is we're hiking all day hunting all day um we tend to get back in the dark on most nights and you're just kind of scarfing down some food and and then trying to catch some sleep so sleep deprivation is huge because we uh i mean some nights you know if we're moving camp we're we're hiking you know all night during the night and and just getting to sleep when you can um i've always had a hard time like taking naps during the day which i know i should and some folks are able to do but uh boy it seems like i have a really hard time with that well ryan too it's not just hunting ryan has always been like you you're gonna do it you're gonna do it all out i mean we learned it was skiing was like that here's this typical ski day with ryan you go up you get on the lift you do not go to the lodge till they're like closing hard skiing all day uh hiking you go hiking you know we take numerous backcountry hiking trips i don't know how many miles a day i would (laughs) i have been known to beg him to stop walking i cannot walk any further i don't care where we stop we have to stop my legs can't go any further so he has he was always pushing it he he is just his personality he he wanted to get if he had a goal he had to get there if he was going to exercise he was he was going to exercise as much as he could exercise it's just it was it was definitely in his dna to be like that yeah and you know for hunters out there they understand what i'm talking about it's uh, hunting's not easy it's hard if you do it right um you're you're one of those guys never gives up you're just always pushing it pushing it pushing it um and uh, you make 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 it happen basically uh you never stop or quit and so you do that enough and it really starts just breaking you down uh physically you know it breaks you down mentally it's you know you try not to uh wear yourself out there you know a week in the backcountry it's just hard so you know you start counting up the trips over the years um you know body's body body's starting to feel the uh feel the effects of of all those trips and pack outs you know uh you're taking heavy loads out of the hills after a long hard week of hunting so you know um basically i guess what i'm getting at is hunting is is extremely tough so uh i kind of started hitting a wall in my 30s and um i didn't know if it was age i didn't know if it was just too many trips too many you know critters packed out or what but um 
you know, my body just started feeling fatigued. And I came off of a hunting season where uh, it took, it was, I was well over two months and my, my body hadn't recovered yet. Um, typically, you know, a week or, you know, so back and you're starting to feel good again. But, uh, this particular year, um, I, I was not recovering and I just figured, holy smokes, I did it maybe a little bit too much, a little bit too hard this season. And, uh, so Hill and I went, um, well, I, I decided to do a blood test. Hill talked me into getting a blood test. Not easily either. He was very stubborn about it, but he kept getting sick. You know, we have kids, so we always just wrote yeah, it off. Yeah, that was the other She's thing. Is... going to get sick. We're going to get sick. But Ryan would get sick. You know, he'd get over it. And it was like every couple weeks he was getting something. Yeah. So I, my body was just, it was it was feeling pretty shoddy. Yeah. So got the blood test and um, got those numbers back and kind of looked it over. And, you know, Hill's, Hill knows what those numbers mean. I yeah, had no idea. Yeah, we did that GI function test too. Yeah. So... Uh, basically the two big things that jumped out of me at, at me was proteins. I was deficient, uh, omegas. I was deficient and I eat a healthy red load yeah. of fish and a crud load of, of, uh, meat. So it didn't make a whole lot of sense that I was, I was, uh, deficient in those two things. So, uh, basically, you know, we kind of deducted that, um, my gut was not working the way it should be. Um, you know, yeah, I wasn't I mean, digesting, his... I wasn't absorbing the things that I should be di- uh, absorbing. So all the meat that I was taking in was basically going in, going out, and I wasn't getting it absorbed into my body. And he, uh, in the GI function test is like probiotic or his, with the beneficial bacteria, they were skewed. They were not right. Like he didn't have enough of the good ones. And that was overall causing a bunch of problems too. And when we order labs on a patient, they get sent to the lab and the doctor at the lab goes over and then sometimes we can consult with the doctor. And I remember the physician that he was seeing at the time, she consulted with the lab and the the guy was like, is this guy like starving himself? Because he, he had really low HDLs, like his cholesterols are really strange. And it just, like he said, it, it was not what we were expecting for how much actually he was eating and how healthy we thought well, yeah, we were figured, eating. I'm getting exercise, you know, I'm, I'm eating right, the right stuff, um, all these things. I just thought I was healthy as an ox, but it didn't really show up until I started not recovering and just feeling like garbage and getting sick a lot. So, yeah, we also did some genetic testing, which is too much to go into here, but he had a few genetic abnormalities that we worked on too, and that, that helped. But yeah, it was a big eye opener for him. Uh, as to as yeah, to was how he was pushing himself, I was you, bummed out because <laughs> all that meat I was eating, <laughs> well, you know, all that elk. You know, ladies, when you tell your husband something and they just their eyes glaze over and they look at you like you don't know what you're talking about. You know, I'd been telling him for years, you're gonna wear your adrenals out. You're gonna you're wearing your adrenals out because not only was he taking these long arduous trips, uh, doing in the off season, doing long arduous workouts and hikes and stuff. He had a he had a job where, especially in the on season, like the spring and the summer, he's literally working some days twenty four hours a day, maybe getting a couple hours like of 20, sleep. A lot of a lot of days are like nineteen hours. twenty hours a day. So oh, yeah, and he's doing that for weeks and so he and for years. So I told him, you know, you're gonna wear your adrenals out, and he just looked at me like, Ugh. and when he finally got these tests done, he. He was like, okay, I get it. And from that, we had to, we had a pretty healthy diet, but here's the truth, right? You're eating a really healthy diet, 
But if your gut's not working right, it's basically no use to you because you have to be able to absorb that. People think that you may think you just eat food and it goes right into your blood and into your cells. Well, that's not really how it works. That's not the case. No, yeah. there's no, lots I of figured, steps. Figure that one out the hard way. So yeah. So so basically, we had to kind of, um, you know, luckily I'm married to a doctor, so she could kind of go into what what I need to do to make this right. <laughs> a blessing so I can, and a curse. <laughs> so I can get yeah, no kidding. So I could get you know all the nutrition out of what I was eating. You know, you, you grow a garden, you you eat wild game. You want to be getting the uh, the nutrients out of it, the benefits. Otherwise, you know, I might as well just eat boxed food. And junk processed food or fast food, for that matter, I was getting about the same nutrition out of it. So um, it's kind of why we wanted to talk about this today. I, you know, I think there's a lot of folks out there that might have similar type issues, and it just not, might not be something that they think of. You know, they're they're fatigued, their their adrenals are shot. Maybe got a job that's, you know, they're they're sleep deprived. You know, a lot of people have that. Even just folks that have had issues and, and overloaded on antibiotics or gone through a couple of rounds of antibiotics, you know, their their gut's not, you know, where it's supposed to be. Well, what's a really common condition? Pain. And what do people take for pain? They're taking tons of Advil and aspirin and Aleve and those are NSAIDs and they cause gut damage and insidiously over time they start doing that, you know, those and so even like you know, Dr. Jillian talked about acid blockers and stuff. You know, some, a lot of medications that we're taking kind of frequently to cover up our problems that are also causing our gut, like the antibiotics, to hurt it. And I mean, we're all guilty of doing that. Uh, I just think that it's important to understand how that's actually affecting the way you're going to absorb your nutrients. Um, so, do you want to talk a little bit? I think. With us, with gardening, one of the reasons we really, I think Ryan really got into gardening. We did garden before. We gardened, gosh, way before I went to med school, we had a garden and we started doing it. But when Ryan got really active into gardening, he started getting really conscious of growing his own food and built that greenhouse and all that he did. That was around the same time that he had all these problems come up. And I, you want to talk a little bit about why? Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of it had to do with that. You know, I just wasn't feeling good. Um, you know, I, I, I ate clean, like I mentioned, but, uh, you know, uh, I just figured, well, there's gotta be some more things I can do. I know food is such a huge part. Um, I had always kind of gone on, I'd, I'd heard at some point in my life, I heard, well, exercise is more important than food. So you're going to be healthier if you, if you're super, you know, if you're just, amazing at getting your exercise you exercise every day you could eat like crud and exercise every day you're just still going to be pretty healthy so i always kind of went off that and thought well shoot you know i'm eating i'm eating good not eating the absolute best but i exercise a lot so um i don't know once i started getting fatigued and and just not recovering and just feeling like garbage i decided to uh incorporate way more i mean much more in the way of healthy foods into my life was just, you know, organic food, which was a big one. Back in the day, I thought organic was nonsense. It didn't really matter. You'll get an organic apple versus a regular apple. Who cares? But I did start noticing the, the taste was obviously better in the organic stuff. So I don't know, that kind of pushed me into just growing more of my own food. Um, you know, obviously all the, the tomatoes and the peppers and the greens and every kind of green there is. And, um, you know, potatoes and squash and there's so much, but, um, that's kind of what, 
I think, or I was just getting smarter and not wanting to go to the grocery <laughs> store and, yeah. and deal deal with that so I could just grow up myself. Well, but, you also kind of took your obsession with exercise and you put that into gardening because, yeah. you know, Ryan doesn't do anything like lately. When he does it, you know, well, he does it. So obviously unprocessed food, you know, I wanted to eliminate that, which we did. Yeah. Um, which is it's kind of hard to do. There's so many things out there that are processed. You start paying attention and, um, you know, just not the greatest for you, but, you know, basically kind of went to an organic diet, which was, you know, the meat aspect of that was easy. Uh, the freezer was, is always full. Um, but everything that went along with it, as far as, uh, greens and, and veggies and potatoes and sweet potatoes and fruits, um, a lot of that you can do yourself and, and, uh, add that in as well. So you're, completely organic in a way yeah i think too since we've had children and we've looked at like what kids eat it's crazy what kids eat um you know kids crave carbs more just because i think their brains are growing so fast you know they need that sugar but our kids and eating so much garbage yeah so much sugar so many refined carbohydrates so much bad dairy uh and I was, what was I listening to the other day? They were talking about children and when they're born, when, when you're born, you have a very, like what you will eat, you know, it's a very small amount of what you will eat, but your taste, the way your taste develops is how, is basically what you're fed. And the problem is, is we are feeding kids like their first food is like, oatmeal mush and then like cheerios and just all these really empty carbs and uh it develops it, it basically over time slowly decreases um a lot of important like metabolic functions including things like how you breathe and um it's really interesting so i think when we had kids it was it was also more it was is more important for us to um have them be healthier because i do remember when i was a kid and my parents growing a garden and just the enjoyment of being able to go out in the garden and pick like a real carrot out of the garden and um having having access to that i i remember that as a kid i think that was really important and when i was a nutritionist before i was a doctor i worked in seattle and some inner city programs doing nutrition help for inner city kids and teaching them, teaching their parents how to eat healthy food that was inexpensive. So like buying frozen vegetables because they have more nutrient quality and how I basically would go to these after school programs and cook healthy food for these kids. And I'm not kidding. Some of these kids believed carrots came out of a grocery store. They, they didn't understand that plants, that these were plants that grew in the ground. And I think that that, you know, growing up in Montana and just living in the wild open spaces and growing gardens and having exposure to that, I, I really realized how many how many people are just don't um, understand that. And it starts with children. It starts with feeding children healthy because we know when children are fed healthy, they tend to make better choices throughout their life. They feel better. So like me, you know, I had I also had health problems and I was fed healthily. So it doesn't always mean you're going to be healthy forever and not have problems, but I think we got more we got more into it because our our children we want our kids to eat healthy and be healthy. Yeah, that's probably a big part of also why I um really ramped up the the nutrition part is you know, when Paley was born our daughter um 
you know, then you really start thinking about what, what the kids are eating. And, um, you know, you hear about recalls all the time. What I've noticed, I listen to the news a lot when I'm driving. Well, I used to, I listen to podcasts now, but, uh, I used to hear, it seemed like it was just getting more consistent recalls, um, like E. coli and all these crazy things with veggies or packaged foods or frozen vegetables or you name it. Um, so, you know, you, you tend to want to, once you have a kid, you figure, well, I want them to have the best. I want them to be healthy. I don't want there to be any kind of a threat of some E. coli bacteria that gets into them and, and have these, these massive problems. Um, so, you know, that was probably a, a good reason mm-hmm. why I kind of went that way too, as both of us. But um, why don't we kind of go into, you know, our program, what we're doing, what we're going to be doing for the next 28 days. We're going to. Sure. We, we talked a little bit. It's, you know, from Dr. Jillian's book. And I created a resource guide from the book that will be on the website you can get. And it really just consists of five steps. This is, uh, well, this time of year we hear a lot about detoxes. So everybody's doing a detox or a cleanse. or And we've done them. We've, we've done so many. We've done all of them. You know, we have a cab, we have a, like a whole cabinet dedicated to supplements and detoxes and cleanses. And I mean, Ryan's been subjected to pretty much like everything under the sun. And then he finds something yeah, that goes oh. back and forth, you know, we, and, and there are, I was not a fan of cleanses. I just thought it was, you know, it was a uh, foo-foo, whatever back yeah. in the day when I first heard about them, who needs that, you know, but then I started to realize now it does, does have a huge advantage. Yeah. For- so this is not. This is not like a cleanse per se. If you're doing a cleanse right now, great. Finish your cleanse and then do this. You know, you'll already be heads above everybody else in starting it because this program is more about restoring gut health and getting your foundational systems for the rest of the year so that you can like give your gut a break and you can eventually absorb, digest and absorb better, right? Yeah, I gave examples why, you know, um, I did this. I was I was feeling fatigued and, and just not feeling right and, and not recovering. But you know, I think um, this this could be applied to a lot of folks. Like I mentioned, antibiotic overuse or or just adrenal, um, just not getting enough sleep. Um, your adrenals are shot. All these different things that affect your body. Um, it really can't hurt you. It can only help you. Yeah. And uh, me being the skeptic and. Uh, as stubborn as I am, um, I finally caved and, and started doing them maybe like once a year, um, seems like, and so we've done a variety of them. This is going to be a little bit different than what we've done in the past. We just kind of tailor it to what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, So the five steps are really simple and you're going to do them all at the same time. So it's 28 days long. It's a little longer than 28 days, but we'll kind of get into that. So for the first 28 days, you're going to do five things. You're going to eliminate eliminate a certain group of foods. We're not going to go into them here. You can probably guess what some of them are. They're common allergenic foods. They're going to be in the guide, so you can check those out. The second step is we're going to add a healthy, good probiotic at high dose to your regimen every day. And that's important for feeding your microbiome, which is the fancy word right now, and helping your body to... Uh, basically helping your immune system. Okay, so we're going to add a probiotic. Step two. Step three is we're going to boost your digestive ability. That's kind of a mouthful, but what that means is we're going to support digestion, which requires proper enzymatic function. So 
when you eat, you go, you use hydrochloric acid in your stomach, which Dr. Jillian talked a ton of, which is a really common problem today. Uh, but having adequate stomach acid to break your proteins down and B12 absorption and all that. And then enzymes that are secreted by your pancreas that actually break those um, proteins, carbs, and fats down into amino acids, glucose, fatty acids, and those are what actually cross your abdominal lining. So if you don't know anything about biochemistry, just know this. When you eat like a piece of meat, you have protein in that meat. Once it hits your stomach, it has to be broken down by acid into tiny little pieces. And then when it gets into the small intestine, it has to be broken down into even smaller little pieces by um, pancreatic enzymes. And then you have amino acids. And those amino acids are what cross your abdominal lining. Big proteins crossing. That's what I was not getting. Right. So big proteins... Crossing your abdominal lining means you have big holes in your abdominal lining or leaky gut. It means you're absorbing large proteins. You should not people, be absorbing protein. You should be absorbing amino acids. Do you think have leaky gut? I mean, is well. Is there any, like, here's the consensus? deal with leaky gut. I mean, Jillian has a big section in her book about it. You can go online and read about it. Some medical providers, conventional medical doctors they just would totally poo-poo this to say this doesn't even happen this doesn't this isn't even possible etc etc well now with the whole functional medicine movement we're actually we're seeing that all these things we've been saying for years people are having these large proteins and large particles go into the bloodstream that's causing autoimmunity we now know that people's digestive tracts are abused trashed (laughs) allergies and a lot of this is just from poor food quality, over medication, and increased stress. stress but could you, is, could you get leaky gut just from like one round of antibiotics? Is that what? Um, simple thing like that. That's a good question. I'd have to look at the research on that. I I would say that I think antibiotics can have their place. I. Th- I've taken antibiotics before. Well, they definitely have their place. They but, do, but um, it's over abuse. And yes, I don't know if one round can do it, but we don't. We do know one round can mess up your flora. But it's easy to kind of get that gut back right after you've taken a round of antibiotics. Yeah, there's you have to take there's them, protocol that you would follow that most people don't because your doctor just probiotics. gives you antibiotics and yeah, yeah. And is it acidophilus? Is another one that you take? Or well, is acidophilus that... is one form of probiotic. I thought. Was, I thought like. People would say to go eat yogurt after you've taken a round of antibiotics yeah, that's, or something like that. that's like acidophilus. But in the probiotic step, we're recommending a really broad base um, probiotic that has lots of different strains in it because you have a lot, a lot of different strains, not just acidophilus. So it's important to get a broad strain probiotic. Um, you know, leaky gut is, I think, a lot of symptoms people have and not just like GI symptoms, you know, brain fog confusion this is where the second brain comes in in the gut and the whole enteric nervous system that dr jillian talks about too and we won't go into that but that is all you know can be affected by leaky gut so we want to we want to improve the body's ability to break all that stuff down into those little pieces that are going to get absorbed right that step what step is that three and then four is actually we're going to repair the lining so if you have leaky gut and you have these big holes and whatever you know if you're taking the bad foods out um and you're healing the gut lining, that's going to help those tight junctions to come back together and things to work so that when you do digest, your absorption is going to be um, 
less offensive let's put it that way and you're also going to absorb things that you probably couldn't absorb before and, and you needed certain nutrients minerals etc and we do that with herbs and certain supplements called uh, you know like glutamine most people have heard of glutamine now if they exercise or they take supplements for working out glutamine is a big muscle food it's also the number one food preferred by gut cells it feeds them so they like it it helps heal those things and then a bunch of different herbs those will be in the guide but that's how you repair the lining and then the fifth one is you improve your lifestyle factors what that means is obviously you're improving your diet when you do this you're taking out bad food you're adding in good food you're drinking a lot of water you're staying hydrated you know you're getting toxic things out of your environment so what that may mean is so ladies out there, men don't necessarily have this problem because I don't see Ryan get up every day and lather himself in lotions and face creams and put his makeup on and put his lipstick on, spray his hair with hairspray, and then all day long keep applying his lipstick and, um, and you know, he's not doing any of that. He's putting men, probably the biggest thing for men is deodorants and heavy metals exposure. So um, men do do it, and I know... <laughs> Our population may not be a bunch of metrosexuals, so I could like take that back. There's a lot of men out there doing a lot of self-care, but (laughs) most of the time it's women. And women from a young age, we are doing all these, putting all these things on our body, and a lot of them are super toxic. You girls are so unhealthy. (laughs) Well, it's true. You know, we get exposed to so much through our skin. And women are like, you're just applying like toxic chemicals to your skin all day long. And your skin is your biggest organ of absorption. So, you know, when you take a shower, you actually absorb water when you take a shower. You know, so if you have a bunch of bad water, a bunch of chlorine and a bunch of heavy metals and all that, you're going to absorb those into your skin, just like makeup and stuff. So I always tell women, look at the the self-care products that you're putting on yourself, men as well. Um, that's a lifestyle thing that's very, we don't talk about only, it, but it's so common. The only so makeup common. I put on is like face paint and archery That's <laughs> about it. <laughs> and I have not examined the ingredients in that yeah. face paint. I probably don't want to know. But um, anyways, you know, eliminating what you can. So I have a great story about when I worked in Montana. I've worked with some great people in Montana that work in farming communities. And they do work around chemicals and... Um, chemicals are known to alter hormones and I've done some work with people testing their blood and you know they're having certain symptoms and uh you know lo and behold they're they're having exposures in their daily life now here's the deal I a lot of those people cannot quit their job they're not going to quit farming you know they're not going to quit some of the exposures that they have but you can minimize your exposure to those things so I would say you know Um, When you get home from work and you've had a bunch of chemical exposures, you just take all your clothes off and you leave them at the door. You leave your boots outside. You wash your clothes. You take a shower. You know, you you try to decrease those things as much as possible. Maybe wearing a ventilator. Maybe wearing gloves more. um, That kind of thing. So, and the other thing is, uh, most of the population sits in traffic. And they're sitting, what is it, smoking a pack a day? Sitting in traffic. Smoking a pack of cigarettes a day is like sitting in traffic. So, you know, make sure your air filter in your car is changed out. And when you go to the Jiffy Lube and they look at you and go, you should replace this and you don't want to pay for it. If it looks really gross, like replace it because that's what you're breathing in. Um, 
in, into your body when you're sitting in traffic all day. So these are exposures. That's one reason we grow, we grow a garden. We, we get to control the vegetables and the food that we eat. Now, I can't have an avocado tree here and I can't have a lemon tree or an olive tree or all these things I would love to have because I live in the Pacific Northwest, right? It, but I try mm-hmm. as much as I can to buy those things that I can't grow organically. There's also foods that, you know, I really don't need to buy organic avocados because they have a really thick skin on them. I'm not eating the skin of an avocado. So, you know, there's also what is a dirty dozen. You can look up the dirty dozen. Google that. Those 12 foods you want to buy organic because you're eating the skin, your kids are eating the skins, and you're getting exposed to that. There's some things you don't need to always buy organic, Um, even though I really do love to or I love to support organic farmers. You know, Ryan and I, we aren't farmers, quote unquote, but we basically are. We grow our own food. We believe in less toxic food. And so gardening is a great way to implement, even if it's just on your back porch, grow some vegetables. That right there is decreasing your toxic exposures. You know, the thing about it, when you grow it yourself, you know, you, you, <clears throat> you control everything. You control the soil. You control every single aspect. You're not putting pesticides on, at least I don't. Um, you know, that's you, down to the seed. You're, you can control the seed. I can completely understand why some folks do put a few thing, things yeah. on there because, uh, man, I've had some crops go, you know, get taken over. But um, there's, I, the, the longer I've done this, there's, there's steps that you can take to prevent, you know, a complete loss uh, in your garden from little critters and, and whatnot. So I can control every single aspect of uh, just the organic soil I'm adding, you know, I got chickens, so uh, I feed them a certain food and they basically run, run roughshod over my garden all winter. Um, and basically fertilize my garden for the, for the springtime. So they've got complete, complete control and, uh, you know, what they're putting out, you know, I'm putting in healthy food into them and they're putting out healthy fertilizer into my garden. So, I can control all that, and uh, and I, I kind of know that there's not a bunch of toxins and, and junk in there. So, What about exercise, honey? Because I mm-hmm. think, like you said earlier, people are sometimes they're over-exercising and they're not recovering, and that's increasing stress on your body. And I think that's a big, especially in this community, especially the backcountry community, man, you guys like beat yourselves up. It's crazy. So I think the lifestyle factor is finding a balance between pushing yourself and resting. Yeah, that's kind of like, yeah, that fifth step, the lifestyle factor. Definitely uh, recovery kind of goes along the lines of sleep as well. You got to basically uh, get your body back to where it should be. And um, yeah, after a hunting season, you know, you might have gone four, five, six different trips, week long trips. And you're by the end of it, you're just wiped out and you're, you're drained, you're skinny fat, you're lost all your muscle. If you ever get a witness, if you ever got to, and they're not doing it anymore, but you ever got to witness a meat pack at a train to hunt boy, mm-hmm. especially in July or August in Salt Lake, um, at, how how high up were we there? Uh, I think we're eighty four hundred feet. Or yeah, something. in the broiling heat, so hot that day. My kids were like literally in the air conditioned car running while we were running. <laughs> Ryan's running these races, hundred pounds or eighty pounds on his back. It, you know that is these things are brutal. And if you're doing that on a hunt season, even if it's just one day, you know you your recovery is you're just you're just the smart yourself. person would recover from that. 
give yourself a few days and um, I'll let your body heal. You know, some of the best trainers and workout guys out there, they understand it. They know what it takes to to uh, get the most out of their body, and that's a lot of rest and well, recovery. Well, if you're biohacking, like a lot of these guys that we listen to, you just like hook yourself up to all these different machines when you get home, <laughs> yeah. which most people don't do. I mean, I think the truth of recovery is is basics, right? Well, sleep. I think it's eating right. It's getting enough sleep. It's it's resting for a little bit before you uh, go back into another workout. Yeah. And one thing I, too, want to talk about in this, in, I put a little bit of it in the guide, is the whole thing with hormones. Uh, because it's not a detox or a diet, you know, this is not what this this gut restoration program is not a calorie restricted diet. Actually, we are asking, you know, in it, it's like, can you eat at least four times a day? If you're a bigger guy, you, you, you may want to eat five or six times a day. It's not a calorie restricted diet. But what we find is when you just cut out all the crap, you start losing weight. And of course, with a moderate, you know, with a good exercise program and sleep, you're going to recover. But the hormones is really interesting because guys tend to lose. I know like, every time I do one of these, uh, even if it's <clears throat> usually what, what we'll do is like a two week. This is kind of a, a longer version of what we typically do in a year is 28 days. So I don't know how much I'm going to lose during that time. But usually in 10 days to two weeks, I'll lose 10 plus pounds that I didn't know I had to lose. So um, it just jacks your metabolism up. I, you know, usually I'll start eating six meals a day versus three or four and uh, my body just starts burning through stuff and, and what uh, I like weight. about it too is like I am my body type is I'm fairly skinny but I can be skinny fat so I burn through my lean muscle pretty quick and a program like this is it's a bit kind of like a bodybuilding program per se where you're just eating more frequently you're turning your metabolism on it turns those hormones on that are supporting um, fat burning and muscle building if you're doing it right and I actually will gain weight. So I will gain weight because I will gain lean muscle, which for me is super important, you know. But the other thing is men just have, they have testosterone. So women will go, oh my gosh, my husband lost 10 pounds and I lost one pound. Well, men have more testosterone. So if they're taking care of themselves, that testosterone is going to beef up their ability to lose more fat. Um, so it's a, it's a faster process for men usually than it is for women. And I'm talking to all my age group of women you know, 40s and us young gals in our 40s and 50s and all that stuff. So uh, this program isn't really meant to help you lose weight, but it can. And if you do it right, it can help you to build lean muscle too because your gut's working better. Yeah, I think you, once you start the process of eating more meals a day, eating cleaner, uh, really paying attention to what you're eating, you're, you're, you're going to lose weight if you have it to lose, no doubt about it. And then after the 28 days, and the five steps, there's actually a sixth step, but it's more about what you do after the 28 days. Um, we will be taking a bunch of food out of your diet, right? And we're really doing that to see if any symptoms that you have are going to improve. So after the 28 days, uh, if you are feeling much, much, much better, uh, you probably want to quit the program and just kind of go back to eating, keeping your clean diet, but maybe you can introduce some of the foods you've had in the past. If you notice any symptoms, you might want to kind of figure that out and keep those foods out of your diet. If you have more serious symptoms or disorders, you may end up doing the program longer than 28 days. So the guide that we're going to give you is going to have more detail on that and how to do that after the first five steps in 28 days. 
And of course, Dr. Jillian's book is going to have very detailed information. And, and what's great about her book as well, she has an entire section that is totally dedicated to diagnosed disorders. So if you've been diagnosed with acid reflux, if you've been diagnosed with Crohn's disease or autoimmune disease, her book is going to be more, uh, give you more specific direction for those conditions. That's the five steps plus what to do after. And I think we've kind of covered, covered a lot with that. So, all right, well, I think that was a pretty good um, kind of review of what we're going to be doing here in the next uh, 28 days, I guess. We might go a little bit beyond that, but um, that kind of lays it out. And uh, I think, Hill, you've got a guide on our website that can kind of lay out all the foods we're going to be eating, the foods we're not going to be eating, um, kind of the entire yeah, process. Yeah, so uh, we're giving it to you. We just want you to go sign up for it. So we're not just giving it to everybody um, if they don't want it. But it's at huntharvesthealth.com slash gut restoration 2017. If you go to that, there'll be all the information on there. And you can download your copy of it. And if you want to do this, uh, go ahead and do it. The other thing is this month, uh, we're trying to build our social media a little bit. We started a Facebook page um, at Hunt Harvest Health on Facebook and if in the month of January like our page we're going to give away uh, three of Dr. Jillian's books the natural solutions for digestive health so if that interests you we're going to just randomly draw at the end of this month and um, three people will get her books which is a great resource guide so the great thing about having the guide too is you can do this you can do this whenever you want you know we we're going to start it here in the next couple weeks. Ryan's going to be traveling next week, so we may not get to it next week, but we're going to be starting this, and we just wanted to share it with our community because we think it is so important. I guess with that, all right. Thanks, all right. guys. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening to the Hunt Harvest Health Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Any comments, ideas, suggestions, uh, Feel free to shoot us an email at lampers at stahealthyhunter.com, that's S-T-H, or go to our website at huntharvesthealth.com. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at Stealthy Hunter or at Doc Hillary. Feel free to message me as well through Instagram as uh, I do really enjoy answering any questions related to gear, hunting, uh, food, or you name it. Tag your photos as well if you'd like at Hunt Harvest Health or Get Stealthy. We'd love to see what you guys are up to. Thanks. See you next time.